Hebrews chapter 2. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard. While God also bore witness by signs and wonders, and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit, distributed according to His will. For it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come, of which we are speaking. It has been testified somewhere. What is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? You made him for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Now in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside his control. At present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him. But we see him, for who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children God has given me. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil. And deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make prop- propitiation for the sins of the people. For because of himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. May his name be glorified. Good morning. Am I audible at the back? So, last time we thought about Hebrews... We actually read from chapter 1, verse 1, to chapter 2, verse 5. It was on purpose that I read the whole thing today. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 to 5. I'd like to go through once more. Because last time I think there wasn't enough time on it. So before we move into it, just wanted to have a recap of what we talked about last time. So we meditate on we meditated on the glories of Christ, the glories of his nature, and the glories of his office, and we said he's so much more greater than greater than the angels. And then we thought of the song Gloria in Excelsis Deo. Glory to God in the highest which was sung by the angels. And then in the first century 
church and in the second centuries, in the following centuries, we see that song being repeated. In fact, I mentioned about a secular Roman historian, Pliny, who mentions that every morning, Christians in Asia Minor sang this song. Um, and, and this was a crux of it. You alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High. O Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in the glory of the Father. We still have a section of nominal Christians that repeat this at every Mass, not knowing the significance of it. But who but we can experience it? And as an application of that meditation, I had asked you a question whether there is a lack in our private devotions. Correct? Now devotions, now personal devotions, we are very thankful to the Lord and we bring all our petty petitions, our anxieties to the Lord. And most days, there we stop. We don't go further. And we said we have to move out from these tiny rivulets where we are having communion with God, where we just think, oh, thank you for preserving me. Thank you that I could do well in my exam. Thank you there's no trouble at work or for my health. Or even sometimes, oh, thank you that I'm a Christian. In our personal devotion, we need to move from just that thankfulness and and some people can even be even not be there just come with our anxieties our petitions our petitions on behalf of others and remain there but these tiny rivulets should go and reach the sea where there is Choruses sung in heaven for Christ, unless and until we practice that in our personal devotions, we will never experience Christ and His glories. Now, there's that nice song that we know from of old Joyful, joyful, we adore thee. And it ends with saying, Mortals. Join the mighty chorus which the morning stars began. The morning stars, the angels, they began that song. Father love is reigning over us. Brother love binds man to man. Ever singing, march we onward, victors in the midst of strife. Joyful music lifts us sunward, S-O-M, sun, sunward, in the triumph song of life. If we need to keep moving sunward, we need to join the mighty chorus of the immortal that began when Christ's birth was announced. And many a time, 
worship in the present day Christianity refers to just music. Oh, we had great worship. I'm not talking about our church. So, worship has come down to music. And believing churches where we really worship the Lord when we come together, it often is confined to public expressions of worship and doesn't flow into our personal lives. Let worship and praise flow from within us every day. If we can see the glories of Christ, then we will fall in worship. We are all familiar with, maybe not all, but traditionally people used to say prayer consists of ACTS acts, right? Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. We say this, but rarely do we actually adore the Lord. And many a time, as we thought last time, we remain, we remain along with the world admirers of Christ in our personal devotions rather than adorers of Christ. Okay, now, we just wanted to go on to chapter 2. Before we go in there, there's chapter 2 and verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? There's something more there. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? You know, often people get caught on unhealthy tangents in chapter 2 and verse 3. And then they try to figure out, was it written for believers, non-believers? Can salvation be lost? All kinds of questions. As we get caught up on these tangents, we lose focus on what is being really presented there. You know, first of all, we need to understand when we read this passage, what does salvation mean? We know it. But when these kind of controversies have been kicked up by people, denominations and schools of thoughts and theologies or whatever, when we come there, we lose focus of what we already know. What is salvation? We know that salvation there's a present tense, there's a past tense, and there's a future tense. We all know that. I think most Christians believe that. We have been saved from the penalty of sin. For by grace, you have been saved through faith, past tense. You have been saved. And 1 Corinthians 11.8, we are being saved from the power, from, from the power of sin. And we will be saved from the presence of sin. Romans 13, 11, 12. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. Let us then cast out the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Salvation is nearer to us. We have believed salvation. We have been saved. We are being saved. But 
salvation is nearer to us. Talk about the future tense of salvation. As we come to this passage, as we come to Hebrews, Hebrews, you find salvation, salvation, salvation coming again and again and again. We can think of salvation in all the three tenses. Rather than get stuck in some questions which profits no one but just uh, stirs up controversies, it would profit us if he actually went and found out what exactly salvation meant, uh, what this passage taught. Last time we also thought that we, there's a great picture of salvation that is being um, a word picture, a word picture that is drawn by the author. So we said it is the, it's a great salvation as a great harbor. Salvation as a great harbor. And why do we say that? Am I just dreaming it up? No. In chapter 2 itself we say, lest we drift away. I think 619, we have an anchor, the, the soul's anchor. And uh, chapter 2 again we have the captain of our salvation. You find a lot of uh, things that refer to voyage. And probably it is with that um, the song, uh, Hebrews 6, 9, and I'll just read quickly. This hope we have in us as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which enters the presence behind the veil. Probably it is with that in mind the songwriter says, we have an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure while the billows roll, fastened to the rock which cannot move, founded firm and deep in the Savior's love. And we thought that this great harbor is great in its sweep, in its width, in its expanse. It can take in the vilest of offenders. It can get in Paul who says, I'm the chiefest of sinners who was murdering those who are preaching the gospel. It can take in an immoral person like Mary Magdalene. It is great in its expanse. It was great in its foundation. It is founded, we'll see later on, in the oath and the promise of God. It's not just God's promise. There is the oath of God that I have decided I will not change my mind. First he gives a promise and then he says, no, I will not change. So the foundation is strong. It rests on the promise and the oath of God. And again, it was great in its cost. We've been singing about it, thinking about it. I don't need to speak further. And as we talked about last time, coming into that harbor, we would find a big plaque written, sacred to the memory of the Son of God. 
who gave his life as a sacrifice for the sin of the world. It was great in its cost. And it was great in its announcement. The, it was not announced by angels. There was a whole point in chapter 1. Earlier, God spoke to us through prophets. But in these last days, he came and spoke to us by his son. It was announced by the son of God. It was announced by God himself. And then, those who proclaimed it, went ahead. And God did not stop there. God came and what did he do? He bore witness both with signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will, he confirmed the word that was preached. So, the great harbor of salvation, great in its expanse and great in its foundation, great in its cost, great in its announcement. And then we came to the practical application that we had talked about. Second, you remember that? Anyone can remember? Lest we drift away. Lest we take heed. Lest we drift away. Pay attention. Pay closer attention. Lest we drift away. Lest we drift away. You know, I think majority of people sitting here have been brought up in godly homes. I'm not saying that your parents were perfect. Far from it. They were humans. But they were brought up, most of us have been brought up in godly homes. And we followed the Lord the way that we knew. And once we moved out and into an independence, maybe at college, maybe during our work lives, we moved out from that protective frame that was there. And those who don't pay attention, those who don't take heed, they drift away. It is very rare that children would stand up and say, no, I don't want this God of my fathers. There might be a few parents who have been that bad an example. But many a time, after we drift away, we look at our parents and say, oh, they were hypocrites. Oh, they were like that. Oh, they were legalists. But the fact is that we have drifted away and we want to pin the blame on someone else. Take heed lest we drift away. It's very few that come out and say, I outright renounce my father's God. Even the professing Christian who does not progress is drifting back. You know, Jochen and I we were, we were teaching on eldership, and so we actually were studying on eldership. We did not study just to teach, but 
we studied on that. And one of the um, things that I came across there was, uh, there was a very thoroughly researched article which said, most Christian leaders who begin well do not end well. It is 25% or less of Christian leaders that begin well and end well. And one of the reasons that has been researched and said is that most of them stop learning after in their, in their 40s. So the, most of the people sitting in, in this church will say, we are young, we are not there yet. Before want, there is that lethargy that's going to set in. <laughs> and yes, I was asking the um, people back there, who should be memorizing the scripture? Sunday school kids, right? Yeah. Or the elders of the church? All of us. Till when? Till our, till our death if we have a census. When should we study the scripture as a new believer? Just about salvation and baptism and few things here and there. Lest we drift away, pay closer attention. Study the word. Lest we drift away, spend time in personal prayer. Spend time in personal adoration of Christ. And again, lest we drift away, let's not get entangled in the company of the wicked. We have to interact with the world, but we should not be sucked into their friendship. Lest we drift away, preach the good news to them, talk to them about Christ. You need to have friends. But if our conversation does not lead to Christ or is not headed in the direction that leads to Christ, we are drifting away. We are drifting away in their direction going toward the world. From the great harbor, we are launching out into the stormy, troubled sea. And we won't stand. If you have not already experienced salvation in its past tense, you might never come to know it. If you have experienced it, you are going to be troubled at the sea in the present tense of Salvation. Lest we drift away, let us turn our conversations towards Christ. Lest we drift away, let us practice fellowship. What is fellowship? It is not hanging out together and discussing a movie. 
it is not getting together for a social gathering and eating out together if our conversation is not headed christ word it is headed world word let us pay close attention lest we drift away and that is what hebrews chapter 2 verses 1 to 5 says not to discuss whether there is security of salvation or not which is being taught very clearly elsewhere let us we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard lest we drift away for if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation how shall we escape how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation so again as we are studying there was something about church discipline and there was this elder who was talking from his experience so he he said he gave an illustration from his own life so just a second sorry okay so there was a there was a guy who was going into sin on purpose intentionally uh, something into which a believer couldn't go so this elder had a discussion with this guy the guy said you know what whatever you say i'm going to do it i have been saved i'm secure i'm already saved i don't mind committing a sin within 50 yards of heaven this elder looked at him and said there is nobody who has gone into this you have this as you have and then came back with a smile on his face when we deliberately walk into sin you can be sure we are never going to come out of it with a smile and sometimes along with us we take down quite a few standing around us as well the drift can take us to that level never neglect the salvation believer how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation that was spoken at first by the lord and that has been attested attested to us by many and god himself confirmed to us through signs and wonders and miracles it cannot be 
actually move on to the next section. Uh, verses 5 through 19. Uh, before we go to that, I'd like to just read chapter 3 and verse 1 so we remain a little focused. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. Consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. So, uh, we talked about this, that chapter 1 and 2 probably has Christ as the apostle of God the Father coming to us. So, chapter 2 we, have, we still have Christ as the apostle. Chapter 1 talked about the apostle sent from God. And in chapter 2 we see him more as a man. How the apostle came and was with us. So this portion I love to anchor everything on. Uh, verse 9. Uh, sorry, verse uh, 10. For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. The captain of our salvation. I think from, for the portion, verses 5 through 19, that would be an apt title. The captain of our salvation might have it, the author of our salvation, the founder of our salvation, the prince of salvation, whatever. The captain of our salvation. Verses 5 through 9, we see the captain crowned with glory and honor. 10 to 13, perfect through suffering. 14 to 16, the captain who destroyed death or Another catchy title might be the death of death. That is verses 14 to 16. And 17 to 18, to remember it easily, we would call it merciful and faithful captain, but it is actually merciful and faithful high priest. Actually, verses 17 and 18 is kind of transitional to the next theme that is coming up. That is Christ, the high priest of our Confession. So, in chapter 1, we saw that Christ was superior to angels in his deity. And in chapter 2, we see Christ in his humanity still superior to, still superior to angels. So, let's read verses 5 through 9. For he has not put the world to come of which we speak in subjection to angels. But one testified in a certain place saying, What is man that you are mindful of him? Or the son of man that you take care of him? You have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor. And set him over the works of your hands. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. 
but now we do not yet see all things put under him but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of god might taste death for everyone verse 5 has an interesting phrase the world to come we talked about salvation right what are we saved to there is a world to come and this is a theme that again runs through this epistle not exactly in those words um uh, chapter 6 and verse 5 you have tasted the good word the good word of god and the powers of the age to come and then we move on to age to come the powers of the age to come chapter 11 actually the whole chapter has this but we'll read two verses 11:10 this is talking about abraham for he waited for the city which has foundations whose builder and maker is god a city with foundations whose builder and maker is god whose builder and architect is god for the architects okay and verse 16 but now they desire a better there's a heavenly country they desire a heavenly country a world to come a city whose builder and architect is god and chapter 12 i think is a most picturesque uh, description uh, it says you have not come to something and then it uh, and from verses 22 onwards chapter 12 verse 22 onwards but you have come to mount zion and to the city of the living god the heavenly jerusalem to an innumerable company of angels to the general assembly of the church of the and the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven to god the judge of all to the spirits of just men made perfect to jesus the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of the sprinkling that speaks better things than that of abel we have come to heavenly jerusalem to mount zion you know i'm a carolite i came to faith in carol and was there for um two years three years after my after i came to the lord and learned a lot of christian songs and so many 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 wonderful songs that talks about zion jerusalem the new jerusalem the hope and we do have that in english as well but the contemporary english music probably eclipses that thought and you know some of the um, language groups have it more some have it less certain faces some of the songs come in some of the songs go and i think even 
in kerala you, you have those songs relegated to the background it talks about the state of the church okay. the world to come and if you come to hebrews chapter 13 and verse 14 for here we have no lasting city what we seek the city that is to come the world to come the heavenly city mount zion heavenly jerusalem the city that is to come the city whose founder and architect is god that is what the the captain of our salvation is leading us to for he has not put the world to come of which we speak in subjection to angels he has not put the world to come the heavenly jerusalem he has not put under subjection to angels that's that strike a chord you know you go to some very dark places spiritually dark places you know who rules there demonic forces the world to come it is not subject to angels who is it subjected to subjected to to jesus as the man and we sharing his nature when he appears we shall be like him and then we shall judge the angels he has subjected the world to come to man and as we meditate on this there are other uh, facets of this that stand out very clearly first peter chapter 1 verse 12 we want to go there it says angels long to look into the salvation that god has brought for us how these beings who were so lower than us angels are here and saying these beings they were lower than us we sinned some of us sinned and we were cast away and these beings sinned and god came down and died for them and is lifting them up in the glory above us angels long to look into that salvation you know if we really have a glimpse of what the lord has planned people would not run after the world the world that is but we will run after the world that is to come well we shall reign with the lord 
again when the apostle writes he says paul this is through the church the manifold wisdom of god has been made known to powers and principalities through the church angels are watching and understanding the wisdom of god angels long to understand what god is doing for us and we don't care a bit about it why because we drift away because our conversation is not in heaven our conversation is in the world our conversation is led by the entertainment masters who have a hidden agenda of bringing forth something that is according to the prince of the power of the air or take any field i'm not just talking about entertainment this is just one thing that came and as uh, paul instructs about the head covering he again says and because of the angels why because of the angels the women should have wear a veil and all that because of the angels there's an angelic factor how they look and observe the church of god now coming back we'll just go on to the next sentence here what is man that you are mindful of him what is man that you are mindful of him you know many times we get bored studying doctrine and doctrine studied just like that without application can be boring but if you don't have the right doctrine we are going to be in deeper trouble if people can answer the question what is man correctly then they are halfway through it now the pseudo scientist what does he say man is one with the apes and all other animals they pride themselves as a scientist again see the corruption if you adore education and science you might end up there by the way joshan said that i should mention this here sometime so i will mention it again <laughs> mention it here so this was uh, in um, in bilai we are talking to somebody there so we are talking about you know, just talking about the general uh, way um, the churches are moving he said <clears throat> most of the believers are caught up in education and making money and all that right making money and education so he said ha huh, of course we worship two hindu goddesses saraswati and lakshmi saraswati puja education right lakshmi we don't have the idols of saraswati and lakshmi but are we worshiping saraswati and lakshmi what is man if we worship 
those gods and goddesses we will end up with their philosophy of man so pseudo science leads us there and the idolater says oh this part of nature it is far beyond us will bow down in worship man is inferior to nature or inferior to animals and reptiles and birds and fish so we have in our country how many 33 crores of gods and goddesses whatever whether it be the idolater or the pseudo scientist they have found the answer to this question what is man the scripture is very clear of what man is this portion is taken from um, psalms 8 we know that and if he quickly go there this probably this is written by david and i believe probably he was out um, in the nature and then he looked at the stars and he looked at the at his sheep probably and all of the stuff okay O Lord our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants you have ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your hands, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? for you have made him a little lower than the angels and you have crowned him with glory and honor you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands you have put all things under his feet all sheep and oxen even the beasts of the field the birds of the air and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the seas o lord our lord how excellent is your name in all the earth what is man that you visit him you have put everything under his feet the person who knows that man has been created in the image of god we have been created in the image of god not in the image of angels so intrinsically there is a capacity in us to rise and share the glory of god if he calls us there and that's why actually christ could come down because we had the image of god so he came here and led us forward so man who's man he is created in the image of god next god is mindful of man he cares for man what is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you take care of him we don't have time to go into it but you put it simply isaiah 49:15 says can a mother forget her nursing child or the woman the child that is within her womb yet even if this forget i will never forget my own 
God cares for humans as a mother who cannot forget the baby that is in her womb and kicking or the mother that carries quite a few of nursing mothers here. You cannot forget that little baby. Even if you forget that baby, God cannot ever forget us. Is he not mindful of us? If he is mindful of the lilies of the field and the birds of the air, how much more O ye of little faith. Man, God is mindful of him, takes care of him. He was created in his image. So, finally, he has been given dominion over the works, the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea. We are not under them, never worshipping them. And in a sense, man is conquering them and taming them. But probably in the beginning of creation, we do not have to tame them. So, because of our sinfulness, we see the, um, the way things are now. But that was not the way they were created. Um, the phrase, a little lower than the angels, the author interprets it for us. For a little while, made lower than the angels. For a little while, made lower than the angels. So as we thought, a man who responds to God's call, one day he will be higher than the angels. That is what man can become. And the Lord has pleased to call most of us here that. Praise be to the Lord. He has called us with such a high calling. Now as we look at this, we also see we are going to be in heavens, in the heavenly. If we read chapter 2 and verse 6 of Ephesians it says, we are already seated in the heavenly places with Christ. Positionally, we are already there. And one day, we will see it face to face. Brothers and sisters, can we look at the world to come? Can we focus our attention on Mount Zion, on the heavenly Jerusalem, on the city that is built by God, whose founder and architect is God. The world tries to enchant us and lull us into a sleep and cause us to drift ever so slowly away from the great harbor. Fight against it. Pay close attention. You know, one great thing about it, you might have drifted far, far away. You know, the disciples were at the sea 
straining hard at the oar through the third watch of the night Christ was asleep in their boat uh, Christ no Christ came walking on the waters and as he entered the boat there you are you are on the other side your life must be broken it must be destroyed but don't you worry he's just a phone call away no he's just a thought away you make that call he will come into your life and he will take you back to that great harbor of course here in this life we might undergo some painful consequences but we have an anchor that keeps us whole steadfast and sure while the billows roll and we will be fastened to that rock we will be grounded firm and deep in the savior's love so let us take courage and look at the world to come we are seated in the heavenly places angels long to look at the good news that has come to us and the captain of our salvation is leading us he's leading the many sons to glory the son leading the many sons to glory we know the song this world is not my home i'm just a passing through let us deny the world and its enchantments and look for the heavenly city and in a very special way today's men's meeting also gets tied up into this in one aspect of how the world carries us off let us focus on the heavenly city the city to come let us focus on salvation not get carried away and let us never ever neglect it and let us never ever say we are within 50 years of heaven so we'll do what we like and we will never come out of it with a smiling face let's pray father in heaven we want to thank you for this beautiful day and we want to thank you for your word that nourishes us and strengthens us i want to thank you for your son and our lord jesus christ we sang of his glories we sang of his love may it not be confined to just sundays and when we come together may it well up from our souls every day every morning as we get up and then flow through the day help us to see the glories of our captain from where he came the apostle from god help us to pay close attention to our captain help us to pay close attention that our habits would be such that we walk close to him that we learn about him that we meditate on him that we would never say oh i know all this i've read this before but we would come every day 
into your presence to be taught by your spirit to be filled with a manna from above and in our conversations whether it be with believers or unbelievers may it be sun word not world word help us to spend times of prayer father we pray that you will help us to keep strong knowing that we have been called with a great calling the end of our salvation is such a great reward here we have no lasting city howsoever we might want to hold, cling on to it howsoever wealth and pomp and power and authority we might garner up nothing will remain here we have no lasting city but we have a city that is to come we look for the heavenly city whose founder and architect is god thank you that you have brought us to mount zion to heavenly jerusalem to the company of angels in festal gatherings numerous angels myriads of angels in festal gathering and we have come there by the blood of your precious son the blood that speaks mercy kindness forgiveness thank you father in christ precious name morning church uh, thank you Rabbi Chen for sharing us from the word I'd like to quickly introduce uh, brother Stanley Matthew who is the state president of Gideon's for the states of Maharashtra and Gujarat he's with us today he'll, he'll give a quick 10 minute uh, brief on the Gideon's ministry uh, during the time envelopes will be passed along and uh, we'll request you to kindly make contributions to the Gideon's ministry as the Lord leads. I request you to please fold the envelopes and put it inside the offertory bags which, which will also be passed to you. Uh, Brother Stanley Matthews is also a first cousin to Sister Shelley Thomas. Brother Stanley? Greetings in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'd like to share a small incident that happened in Tanjavur city in the Tanjavur Medical College Hospital. One day some women were distributing a testament like this to the patients in that hospital. And as they came into a ward, there was a person who was lying on a bed and he just got up and he started screaming, get these women away from here. They are trying to convert our people from our religion. 
And he became so agitated that the nurse ran up to him and said that, Sir, you are not well. Please calm down. These women are giving this copy of the book to everybody who wants to receive. If you want to receive a copy, receive it. But you keep calm. You are not well. And these sisters went around every bed and they gave the copy of the Bible. Some of them asked them to pray for uh, their sickness. And they prayed. And then they came to this man. This man reluctantly took a copy, thinking that all the others have taken why I should also take one copy. In the evening when he was just looking here and there, waiting for the next day that he had an operation, because he had gangrene in his leg, and his leg was to be amputated just below the knee. And if somebody is in that condition, I can rest assure you he cannot sleep that night. And he just turned around and he saw this book lying by his bedside. So he thought he will just take it and start reading it. He just read the first uh, page and he saw Matthew chapter 1. He didn't understand what it was. He went to Matthew chapter 2. He now started understanding about a story of a person. And that person was Jesus. As he came into chapter 3 and in chapter 4 verse 23, he read this verse which said, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogue the kingdom of God and healing every kind of sickness and all kinds of disease. When he read that, in that 23rd verse of chapter 4, that Jesus is a person who can heal every kind of sickness, every kind of disease, he thought, can this Jesus heal me? He didn't know how to pray. He had already prayed to his gods. So a very simple prayer he prayed that night. Jesus, heal me. Jesus, heal me. This was his prayer that night. The next morning, when they took him to the operation theater, they gave him anesthesia. The doctor had some urgent appointment. He came and checked the reports and he said that we can wait for a week. Next week I will operate him. And they, uh, the, uh, the operation was postponed. This guy was put back into his bed. When he came to his senses, the nurse was standing next to him. He asked her what happened. And the nurse said that uh, the doctor came and checked. He had some other appointment, but you are okay. Next week we are going to do the operation. And this whole week he had with him and he didn't know what to do in the bed. He was just reading this book. Reading and knowing more things about Jesus who performed many miracles. And as he started praying every day, his faith started increasing and he prayed, Jesus, please heal me. The next week, they took him back into the operation theater. And there, again, they gave him anesthesia. But the doctor has to check because this is gangrene and it can spread further up. So he took one more x-ray. And when the x-ray was now taken and given to the doctor, he started comparing both the x-rays that last previous week and today's. And he could not believe his eyes that now the blood has started flowing downwards into his leg and it is getting healed. So the doctor said that, This is amazing. I have not seen something like this. But let us not do the operation. It seems his leg is now healing. And they cancelled the operation and sent him back to his uh, ward. When he came to his senses after that anesthesia, again the same nurse was standing next to him. And he asked the nurse, what happened? Did they cut above the knee? The nurse said, did you know one thing? Now you don't require an operation. Because your leg is healing. And the doctor said that it is, the blood has started flowing down and it is healing so we don't need to uh, amputate your leg. This 
person just jumped up in his bed and he said, I know who has healed. I know it is Jesus Christ who has healed me. I'm very sorry, sister. The other day when those ladies came, I misbehaved with them. And I called all kinds of things against them and told that they were trying to convert. I want to ask apology of those people. Can you call them? And the sister knew these ladies because they were the wives of the Gideons whom we call as auxiliary members. And this, uh, this nurse called the sisters. These sisters came along with their husband who were the Gideons. And they shared the gospel with that man there. And there in the hospital bed, he accepted Jesus as his personal savior. And today, he is a believing Christian in Tanjavur city. Praise be to God for such testimonies that come by just reading the word of God. It was in the year 1898 where two traveling salesmen in the USA in a small city called Baskerville, when they came to a hotel room, a hotel one night, they wanted to check in and the hotel manager said, I have only one room. But since two of you have come, I can only allot this room to one of you. But I know that this is quite late in the night and it would be very difficult for you to get another room in the city. If you don't mind, can you share the room for the night? And these two gentlemen didn't know each other, but they thought that it is okay for one night, let's share the room. And they shared the room that night and one of them was in the bed to sleep. And the other person was sitting by the table and reading a book under a lamp. The person who was on the bed was tossing so the person at the table said, Brother, please give me five minutes. I'm reading a book which I promised my mother to read daily before I sleep. So this man asked, which book are you reading? And he said, I'm reading the Bible. This man in the bed jumped up and said, Brother, I'm also a believer, but I forgot to bring my Bible. Why don't you read it aloud and we'll pray together this night. And that night, John H. Nicholson and Samuel Hill, these two gentlemen, prayed together and the Lord led in their heart that they should start something, some ministry through which the word of God can be printed and kept in hotel rooms. So that the travelers, when they come there, when they have their time after the day's work, they can turn to the word of God and read and be blessed. And in the year 1899, 118 years before, on the 1st of July, one more brother came together with these two and three of them by faith started an organization which is called the Gideons International. Truly, the faith of these three people has now translated into an organization which operates in 200 countries across the globe for the last 118 years. This is just because by faith the ministry has started and there are people who are willing to share the gospel through this ministry. Well, who our members are? We are all working professionals or we are businessmen. And we join this organization because we are members of some evangelistic local church. And I know some of you are members of the Gideons from this church itself. And you've been supporting the Gideon ministry for the last many years in the city of Bangalore. You may be wondering, what do we do and how much do we distribute? Across the globe, we are distributing the word of God in 105 languages. We distributed last year 9.26 crore testaments. But you will be surprised to know 
that in India, out of that, we distributed 1.64 crore testaments. A largest chunk of Bibles were distributed in, in our country in India. And in the rest of the 199 countries, the rest was just distributed. The speed of distribution is within two seconds. We distribute five testaments across the globe. In India, we are distributing in 21 Indian languages and in English. Last year, we saw a great uh, awakening among the Gideons across India. We had the rise in membership also. We had the number of testaments going up drastically from 1.5 crores to 1.65 crores. It has all been because of the support of the churches. This morning, you may be wondering how... I can be useful for the Gideons. Let me challenge you. There are many testimonies which I can share with you, which will tell you that this ministry, which is a very simple ministry, believing the word of God, which is written in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11, which says, So shall my word be that goeth forth from my mouth, and it shall not come back to me void, and it shall accomplish the purpose for which it has been sent. We believe that this word which is the word of God, is a living word. And just like to that person in Tanjavur, the word speaks to the person. And under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, their lives are changed. Well, you can pray for the Gideons. That's the first thing that I would request this church. When we go and ask for permissions in schools, these days, we see God's hand in miraculous ways opening doors for us because there is a praying church for us. There are praying supporters for the Gideon ministry. We request you to kindly remember us in your prayers. Many times when we go and distribute, there are opposition also. A few of us in Bombay, seven of our Gideon members are still under a case when they went and distributed in a school. There are times when people are beaten up also, but we believe that the word of God goes more strongly when such opposition happens. The second thing that you can do is that if you are a working professional or you are a businessman and you've not joined the Gideons till now, you can join the Gideons as a member. When the husband joins as a Gideon, we believe this is a family ministry, so the wife also joins as an auxiliary member and brother Jeffrey who's our uh, representative here in Bangalore will help you with the membership. You can join as an annual member or you can join as a life member. He can share, he'll share you the details after this uh, meeting. The third thing that I would like to request this church is that when we print these scriptures, we give it freely to people. And we give it to those who would never buy a copy of the Bible to read it. Those are the ones who don't believe on Jesus Christ. But when we give it freely, there is a cost to print. It costs us 35 rupees to print a New Testament in India and 150 rupees to print a full Bible in India. And this morning, as you've all got your envelopes here, may I request you to remember that in Bangalore we want to distribute 4 lakh testaments this year. And when we do that, 
it requires 1.4 crore rupees to print it. How many testimonies would you like to sponsor individually this morning? Think over it, pray over it, and do your best because we do not know the testament that you sponsor may bring in many more souls to the kingdom of God. By giving a small donation of, of 400 testaments, you can do it by 3,500. You can sponsor, a, say, a thousand copies. It can also be done. Finally, I'd like to thank the church here, the Calvary Bible Fellowship, for giving the Gideons every year an opportunity to come and share about the ministry and supporting the ministry through membership, through prayers, and even your financial support. And I'm thankful to uh, Brother George McTickle and all the elders of this church who have been so kind enough to give me this opportunity. I'm thankful to uh, my sister Shali who is there and Brother Thomas. And especially in our family, we have an addition of GB along with Jasmine. We are very happy that God has blessed their marriage yesterday. And may God continue to bless all of us in the days to come. Thank you very much. morning church welcome you all in the name of our lord and savior jesus christ we have a a whole host of visitors with us this morning and uh because of that we won't be introducing all of you individually we request you to please quickly stand up all the visitors quickly rise up for a quick two or three seconds so that we can see who you are and greet you and meet you after the service, including the newly married couples. Yeah? <laughs> All of you can just size up for two to three seconds. Let's welcome them with a big round of applause. Yeah? <laughs> Thank you, Thank you. Uh, as is customary, I would like uh, to call upon George Chen. morning. Okay, we have to uh, do our special welcome to our new couple. So where are they? Ah, come on up, Jasmine and Jibby. We don't have much room here, so you can come up here next to me. So congratulations on behalf of all of us, and uh, oh, you, I can't see you there, so let's see, there you go, move this a little bit, okay, that's better. So congratulations to both of you on behalf of the 
entire church we just want to pray for you but but we want to give you a little thing first of all i want to give you your uh, your church certificate oh yes okay uh so you had you had lots of certificates so there's one for you to keep uh, you know like i think you have three of them right so you know you're really married you know? <laughs> three times so uh and then we have a we have a special gift that we that we give to you uh to jasmine in particular so uh you know we have the the sisters this is from the sisters of the church uh so this is the uh, the uh, the world famous uh, uh, you've heard about it yeah okay you heard about it okay good 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 uh but i'm sure jasmine has been trained very well she can cook without the cookbook <laughs> but uh, but we usually have the sister so we have something a unique opportunity here so i'm going to ask your mom to come up here where's uh, and and present this to you on behalf of the sisters of cbf so we don't normally have the mom of the bride in the uh, uh in the audience here so we'll have her come and present this to you come on fast Okay so uh, I I think there's only one uh, one uh, uh, bad news coming out of uh, Jasmine's marriage and that is that she's going to be leaving us right is this your last sunday or last sunday here okay so I'm glad we got you for one sunday uh, so uh, she'll be um, she'll be moving to the US uh, in California San, uh, Santa Clara Santa Clara Santa Clara California so if anybody's visiting California you can uh, drop in I'm sure you'll be welcome Uh, so we want to just commit you to the lord in prayer let me just read um, a couple of uh, uh, small psalms here psalm 127 and 128 says unless the lord builds a house they labor in vain who build it unless the lord guards a city the watchman stays awake in vain in vain for, uh, it is vain for you to rise up early to sit up late to eat the bread of sorrows for so he gives his beloved sleep behold children are a heritage from the lord the fruit of the womb is a reward like arrows in the hand of a warrior so are the children of one's youth happy is the man who has his quiver full of them they shall not be ashamed but shall speak with their enemies in the gate 128 blessed is everyone who fears the lord who walks in his ways when you eat the labor of your hands you shall be happy and it shall be well with you your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house your children like olive plants all around your table behold thus shall the man be blessed who fears the lord The Lord bless you out of Zion and may you see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Yes, may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. When we all stand up and we'll um, come forward here. We'll commit them to the Lord. <clears throat> 